All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I know I took a little bit of a hiatus for a couple of weeks trying to get everything figured out with doing this as well as going back to my actual teaching. But I am going to pick up with my government class. Um, I did skip a couple of sections for the podcast just because of timing and issues like that. I've only got so much time I can do in a day. So I'm trying to get this out as regular as possible, but it's going to be designed for whatever day I'm on as we're doing this. So anyways, let's move on for the government portion today. We're going to be talking about due process of the law. And the big thing with understanding what due process of the law is, is that it's actually covered in two different amendments within our Constitution. It's covered under the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. And what it does is that it states that basically you have the right or the government cannot take, you have the right to hold your life, your liberty, and your property without due process of the law. So we have to go through some type of procedure to put a punishment or take an item or do whatever we have to do. The Constitution's guarantee of our due process of the law means this. It means that in whatever it does, the government must act fairly and it, and it must go with established rules. It cannot be unfair, arbitrary, or unreasonable. It cannot just decide because I don't like the color of your hair, you're going to add five years to it. It has to be fair within the law. Uh, it can't take private property for public use without paying for it. That is another portion of this. We'll get into that more a little bit a little bit later because that is something that actually does come up. We've seen it here within the city of Toledo. You don't recognize it because it hasn't impacted you, but we've bought land so that we can expand. We've bought land to make economics. It's how downtown is coming back again. So the government, you know, there's two different types of due process that go along with all of this. And those two different types of due process are called procedural and substantive. So procedural is the methods and that show how the government is fair or how the government and the action that it's using is fair against you. Now, substantives means the what of the law must be fair. So it's, it's all, it's all kind of, it gets tricky because not everything can be considered fair to every single person. And there've been a ton of lawsuits that deal with due process and everything like that. The biggest one that will be coming up and we're not there at Yet, because it just happened, is the situation with Breonna Taylor, where there was a no-knock entrance into her, or a no-knock warrant served at the place where she was staying, and the people didn't hear that they were calling the police, and they thought somebody was barging into their house. If somebody barges into your house and you own a firearm, chances are you're going to try to take the law into your own hands, which is actually legal. That's called self-defense. They didn't know they were the police because it was a no-knock warrant. As I said, they came in, her boyfriend takes a couple of shots, and the police retaliate by shooting 20-some-odd 20, 20 rounds throughout the apartment and killing Breonna Taylor. And to this, nobody has... You know, nobody has been charged with that, but there's going to be these lawsuits that talk about the due process of the law, that the due process of the law took an innocent woman's life who had nothing to do with what the house was being even searched for, took an innocent woman's life for what reason? 
These are the due process laws that keep coming up that are a part of the Black Lives Matter movement and a part of the defund the police movements and things like that is because these laws are not adding up into where they should be in accordance with our Constitution. This is why it has so much support and so much backing from all around the world is that there's clearly an issue that is being violated. We are not following our own rules and our own regulations within our country, and that is why the problem is being has become exasperated or encouraged and pushed forward. We have this idea that even if, no matter what, that should be a last resort, and that isn't being used as a last resort. Violence by police officers is not being used as a last resort to the people in the society. All right, let's kind of continue this conversation as we're going forward when it comes to individual rights in the public good. So this is where police power really gets to come up. And the idea of police power is that there is a body of work that the, each state has to protect the well-being of its people. The most popular thing we talk about with police power is drunk driving because does the state have a right without a search warrant to test your blood or your breath for alcohol? There have been many lawsuits about this as well, and they keep falling on the on the other side of this. So they are not pushing for, uh, they're not pushing the way that, you know, other ways or other means are. But they, what the government has decided is that you drinking and driving is somebody else's safety that they're protecting. So you lose some of that. So it's it's it, this idea, the courts must strike a balance between the needs of society and freedom and individual freedoms. And any number of cases can be illustrated to take this. But let's look more into this. Again, let's look at what's been happening today. You look at uh, the situation that happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The police power was again abused. And when you abuse that problem, that power, that's where it draws all these lines. A man, yes, he may have run. George Floyd, again, all these instances are just one you know, second away from being something else. Society has, the police have the rights to protect themselves. And they have four instances in which they are designed that uh, basically they are allowed to protect the public in four different situations. So one is protect, protect to promote health, excuse me, and that's alcohol under 21, tobacco under 18, uh, no uh, no marijuana use. Uh, shoot, what else is there? there um, you must be vaccinate, vaccinated uh, if you are this, that, or the other thing. Uh, so does that make sense? Because that's kind of what they're pushing for on all that, is that these are, the, these are some of them. The second one, that's to promote, uh, to promote general safety. That's gun laws. That's seatbelt requirements, drunk drivers. Third one is to promote morals which this is regulations on gambling, outlaw of prostitution, sale of obscene material. Uh, we'll kind of get into some of that stuff again more later. And the fourth one is to promote general welfare. So this is uh, profits of public utilities. They can only make so much. Uh, education laws, uh, medically needy laws to help us in that. Now, I told you at the very beginning, we would come back to one thing, and that is called eminent domain, which this is where the government can step in and sell your house underneath you, but as long as it pays fair profit. This process does not happen as often as people think, but it is a very real process. 
the key part is if they are paying fair value and they're using it to help the city, they can call that as a greater good for the city, for the country, for whatever they are working on to make it happen. With that being said, this has been the due process of the law section of the Stories with Story podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me through the podcast. There's actually a way in which you can send me questions. Go ahead and do it. Uh, Have a great rest of your day, guys.